literary slummers to another episode of Hate Read. I'm M, And I'm Anna. Every fortnight here on Hate Read, one of us normally challenges the other to read a book we think she will hate. But for this fortnight, we're doing a special rewind episode in which M is revisiting an author that she has hated in the past. So this fortnight, M challenged, and I say challenged because I love this book, challenged me to read The uh, Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. So first things first, Em, why don't you tell our audience why you, for some reason, crazy lady, hates Terry Pratchett? Um, because I was a fucking idiot, I guess. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you dumb girl. I realized about halfway through this book, this episode is going to suck so hard because... Because A, this book was fantastic, so I can't even rag on it. And B, even if I try to be funny, I'm not going to be as funny as this fucking book. So I shot myself straight (laughs) in the foot with this one. Y'all should just turn this fucking podcast off and go read Terry Pratchett. (laughs) And now you can listen to us for the next uh, 60 minutes or so gush about this book. Yeah, like legit. Okay, so um, so I, in in the past, I had attempted to read Terry Pratchett many times, and this was kind of like our college years. Yeah, um, I feel like rewind. I tried to force this mm-hmm. series on yes, you. You definitely did, and <laughs> I had picked up like I own probably six or seven Terry Pratchett books just from like because it's like he's like one of those authors that everyone's like he's so good, he's so good. You'll love him. You'll love him. You'll love him, mm-hmm. and. So I tried, like I really, I tried. I picked up multiple books by him. I like would read a few chapters and I just like could not finish a book by him. And (laughs) I think it's literally, I'm just, I was just too dumb. Cause even now, like I feel like a lot of the jokes, (laughs) I was like, I know this is probably funny, but I don't get it. But like, I don't know if I was just like picking up ones that were very like, Because, like I said, even with this one, there were some parts where I was kind of like, okay, I definitely feel like this is referencing an earlier book or something like that. Because, obviously, Mm -hmm. like, Discworld is eight billion books long, but it's not really, like, a series. I guess they're just, like, interconnected stories, but some of them follow other – I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a series, but you can read it in any order. There's, like, suggested reading guides, and I can link one Mm. when we um, air this episode. I can either link it on Twitter or in the show notes or both or whatever. But also, like, there's suggested reading guides for if you want to follow particular storylines, but you can read them in any order. And I think that kind of level of chaos might have been what sort of, like, made this a difficult series for me to get into. Because I I don't know if I've talked about this before on the show, but Mm -hmm. I am, like, a completionist when it comes to media. Like, I will read a series in the space of like three days because I just need to be done with the whole series. And that's not really a thing you can (laughs) or should do with this series because again, there's like 8 million books and they don't uh -uh. necessarily follow a linear uh, timeline in terms of like when they were published. So yeah, I think that kind of just overwhelmed me a lot. Um, And with this particular series as well, I, I would stress as someone who has loved this series, I've been reading them since I was like 12 or 13 years old. Do not start with the Mm -hmm. first two books. They're good, but they're not representative of the series as a whole, and they do not 
compare to the rest of the series mm. either. Like, the rest of the series is so good. Um, but do, don't start with the first two books or else you'll kind of be a little bit disappointed. <laughs> and I think I think the ones that I tried to start with, because I do think I tried to read the first one at one point because I was like, no, I need to read yeah, it from right. the beginning. And I mean, that wasn't good. good. And then um, I tried to read, on your suggestion, the one that's based or, like, spoofing Phantom of the Opera. The Phantom of the Opera one. Yeah, um, which is called mm-hmm. something else. And... <laughs> masquerade (laughs) yeah that one um and then mort which is in this kind of of section of the series yeah because this is also one of the death books Mm -hmm. i i believe i think it's the third book in the series actually Mm. yeah and it was really fucking good um i and i've i know i've said before on this podcast that i cry super easily at stuff and i like (laughs) teared up at least six times during this dumb fucking book it was so infuriating um like all of them but especially anytime (laughs) death was like seeing how humanity was like unfair and like trying to Uh, fix it i was just like oh my god the little little match girl girl. (laughs) (laughs) that was the first one and it just went downhill from there in terms of my tear ducts oh it's so good Uh, yeah and i um i actually haven't read this book um in probably about 10 years is when i just haven't like picked up again for whatever reason um and so it was kind of like reading it brand new again for me but yeah Mm. i forgot how much of it was like kind of focused on this idea of uh, death coming to terms with, like, the spirit of Christmas and, like, what it means to believe <laughs> in Christmas and that kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, it's so it's so cute. Like, this is what I want every time I watch a um, Christmas romantic comedy. <laughs> I want it to star death and for him to become a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was really, like, honestly, I, I know I said this jokingly, but honestly, if you haven't read the book and it seems like, Anything that might be up your alley, for real, like, just stop listening to us and go read it, because it's really good. Um, And again, this is kind of like, yeah, you know, I I went into this thinking, you know, okay, I'm reading this for hate read. I need to come up with things to spoof. I need to come up with some some giggles and such. And um, I did not do that at all. (laughs) I took (laughs) one note. (laughs) Oh, what was your one note? Um, It was LOL sick burn. (laughs) (laughs) I think think what I find so (laughs) I think what I find so charming about this series is that it just it takes care of the making fun of itself for itself like it does not take it seriously at all like there's no pretension here it's just like this is a goofy fantasy series where we're ripping on literally everything in real life but also ourselves so right which I I think is also why for uh, getting back to me crying about it um (laughs) in general I think it's a lot easier to pull off like heartfelt like those really like touching moments when it is a comedy because you Mm kind of don't expect that versus like I feel like a lot of times when stuff is taking itself more seriously and then there's like a really sad thing that happens it's like yeah but you're like trying to make me sad it feels more contrived so like kind of like I feel like I cry a lot more comedy shows than that sounds insane this this is making me sound like a crazy person which I am but not for this reason um but no like you know like any episode of um like scrubs where something traumatic happens and everyone's you know the rabies episode like uh go look that up if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about but um like that is way more 
likely to make me cry than like uh I'm trying to think even like an ep- uh, an hour long drama, you know, like yeah, yeah. It's just or fucking like the Jurassic Bark episode of Futurama. <laughs> right? Right, exactly. And that's just like <laughs> It, it feels more earned because, like, you're mm-hmm. you're going into this and it's a comedy and it's, like, gut-punching you, you know? Yes, yes. And there was just a lot of that for me. Because this, like, book was also very surprisingly woke. Like, um... Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm glad you thought so because I was really worried. I was like, oh, this book was written in 1996. Right. It's a male author writing a fantasy book. Like, mmm. <laughs> I, I, I was a little nervous going back into it. Yeah, there weren't enough female characters. I will ding it on that yeah. because essentially well, the there's are an all male group of yeah right. Don't justify it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are female music users or magic users. They're just not wizards. <laughs> They're just not in this book. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, Susan. Uh, uh, there's Susan. Yes, and there's uh, and that's it. The Twilight fairy Violet. helper, Twilight. And Vi- yeah, Violet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a lot more manly man characters of mm. various. Oh my! I have so many suggestions for you to where to go after reading this book. <laughs> you should definitely read Men at Arms because it deals with the fact that a um, woman has joined the Night Watch. It's the first woman to mm. join the Night mm. Watch, but also she's a. <laughs> and so it's like, what are they being discriminating about? No, it's good. It's good. But yeah, there is a lot of like good like stuff about income inequality and like mm-hmm. but yeah I guess I don't and that's the thing I don't super want to go like beat by beat with this book because I honestly don't want to spoil it for other people and again mm-hmm. uh, and what I was trying chaotic, to say earlier like you said it's mm, yes there's a lot going on and what I was kind of got sidetracked from earlier um like a lot of times we say stuff about how uh you know like we hate a book that doesn't mean everyone would hate the book. And I think mm-hmm. this just kind of goes to show like even our tastes obviously like change. Like I'm I'm not making this up. I literally tried to read Terry Pratchett's stuff at least 5 times and I it really boggled my could mind not didn't get like it, it the first time. <laughs> yeah, so like even like me as a, you know, late 20s person, very different from me as like a late teenage uh like reader, there's just different stuff that I like and things like that and I'm sure there are people out there who have read Terry Pratchett and don't like his stuff. But honestly, though, I don't know who mm-hmm. those people are because I've literally never heard anything but good things about him, <laughs> which is why it was kind of weird that I didn't like him for so long. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I guess I guess we should kind of talk a little uh, talk a little bit about the um, like what exactly this book is about, since we're just kind of like heaping praise upon it. Um, mm hmm. So, I could do that for a full hour. I, I know, right? But that's kind of... <laughs> it wouldn't be good to listen it's to. It's not, <laughs> no. <laughs> so this is going to be kind of more like, I guess, kind of more like our um, Hobbit uh, synopsis, where we're not mm-hmm. going to go quite as in-depth, I think. So we're just going to kind of give you guys the broad strokes and hopefully come up with a few funny things to say about this book. But honestly, probably not. I mean, there's one good burn. There's one good burn I can give you guys. <laughs> And that's really that's really pretty much it for me. So hopefully Anna's got a few things locked and loaded. Uh, nope. I okay, will, great. Michael was like, no, we were talking about, because um, I, I was just reading the book and I wasn't taking any notes as mm. I was reading it. And um, so Michael was like, well, how are you going to approach this 
episode of Hate Read, and I was like, I don't know, because I literally cannot be critical of Terry Pratchett at all. Like, I have nothing bad to say. I can't read this critically because I'm not. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I just... We failed like, you. We failed you, people, our listeners. Yeah. This is this is the opposite of hate read today. This is this is love. You come to and, us. Uh, you come to us for snarky commentary, <laughs> and all we're gonna be doing is blowing smoke up Terry Pratchett's ass all night. <laughs> you know, it's a Christmas miracle. We we we've lost our rage, and we are instead filled with love. <laughs> uh, okay, so this book is about uh, a whole bunch of stuff, but. Essentially, mm-hmm. the main plot is this uh, woman named Susan, who is the granddaughter of Death, the anthropomorphized uh, Death, um, mm-hmm. who wants to be normal um, and live a normal life and work as a governess. But she is having some trouble with that because she has a lot of crazy powers from being the granddaughter of Death. Mm-hmm. So she can do some cool shit. She can, like, see all of the various anthropomorphized people who come around um, and all of the boogeymen. She remembers the future. She remembers the future. She can, like, walk through doors and shit. Um, All sorts of fun stuff. So she's pretty OP, but not in an annoying way. Uh, I'm trying to think how to get back into this. Okay, so Anna just took us on a big aside that I'm going to have to put at the end of the episode to explain a beep that you heard earlier in the episode. Um... (laughs) So this is going to be abrupt, but we're going back in. (laughs) I just really got scared. I don't even know what the fuck I was saying before. She has a lot of cool powers. You got really scared that people are going to be so mad at you for spoiling this book that's been out for like two decades. (laughs) Even then, the author is dead at this point. And even though what we routinely do on this podcast... It's spoiled fucking okay, fine. She's a. She's a. She's, it's fine. She's a. No, I'm beeping out every one of those because you're so worried about it. You're real scared. Let me make sure that is the spoiler. Anyway. Oh my god, kill me. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> fuck. This episode is so bad. <laughs> um, oh my okay. god. So that might not even is... be the book. Oh my God, Anna! Could you come correct no, next is. time? It is, please. Pretty sure it is. Anyway, <laughs> I really prepared hard for this episode. You guys. didn't. That's a lie. Honestly, this entire podcast is just like an exercise in me slowly showing people how little you prepare for, <laughs> for this podcast that we do. Oh, uh, and yet oh, I make geez. it look so good. <laughs> I'm gonna eat my ice cream. Talk about this book. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna continue being a professional, a professional podcaster, <laughs> professional amateur photo- uh, p- p- podcaster, <laughs> a novice professional amateur podcaster. <laughs> Anyway. So here's the thing. Don't you use my own words against me. (laughs) Okay. So here's the thing. (laughs) Susan has powers. Susan has powers. Her her grandpa is dead. Her grandpappy is dead. So 
then there's like these bits that are from like death's kind of dealio where he is well okay no so this is a difficult book to synopsis synops synopsize to explain because to summarize just that one we're falling apart. We're falling apart. <laughs> okay. This is a difficult book. Game face, game face. This is a difficult book to summarize because uh, like, there's like kind of 18 different things going on. Um, and they all relate mm-hmm. to the plot, but it's another one of those where like stuff that's happening, you don't really understand why it's happening until later. So we're, we're going to butcher this is, mm-hmm. what, is what I'm going to say. Okay, so there's this guy who's the head of the assassins, who's like, he Mm -hmm. gets a visit from these people. No, not people. These creatures, I guess, who are called beings. Yes, that's a good one. Beings. Um, Who are just like floaty cloaks. Just floaty cloaks with no faces. And they are called the auditors. And they want him to kill a person being for them. And that being is the Hogfather, the titular Hogfather. Um, so Santa Claus. Yeah, except not because this is Discworld. Uh, <laughs> so, so, where things are slightly different, but not entirely. Uh, <laughs> in a slightly medieval way. You know, in a slightly medieval way, but with computers. But they're run by <laughs> ants. <laughs> and the mouse is an actual mouse. Yes, it's all very whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> but very good. That's not true. It was very good. <laughs> so, so the assassin dude gives the job to one of his assassin peeps, who is named uh, Mr. Teatime. Teatime. Teatime, <laughs> which is... Uh, spelled like tea time, and he hates when people call him Mr. Tea Time because it is pronounced Teotime, I think. Um, That's how I read it, Teotime. And he is a psychopath, question mark? Like, like... I think definitely. And I'm not saying that in like a, haha, it's crazy, it's so funny. I mean, like, he's like a psychopath or sociopath, I'm not really sure. Yeah, he's, he's... They said he saw the world differently in a way that, like made him feel like every life was um, meaningless and just, what is the word? When yeah. You throw something away. Um, garbage man. <laughs> Life was garbage man. Oh, I thought you meant the word for a person who just. No, no, like when you, when you could just toss it out. He's a bad boy. He's a very bad boy. He's a bad um, guy. So he <laughs> sets out to kill the hog father on the orders of these gray cloaks with no, thing under nothing under the cloak anyway so that's going on he gets Mm -hmm. together a gang of roustabouts in order to help him and uh they seem like generally nice little thieves and murderers um who are just kind of you know medium dave medium dave yeah um and and banjo uh who i suspect is going to have his own book at some point in this series banjo yeah. Does he come I don't up later? Think so. Nope. Okay, Maybe I'm cool. Wrong, though. It seemed there were quite a few things that I was like, huh, I bet this is a book later. But I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so that's one thing that's going on. Susan comes across 
Well, okay, and then the other thing that's going on is Death has figured out that this is what's happening. So he puts a big old plan in motion in order to protect the hog father, mm-hmm. essentially. And part A of this plan is to dress up as the hog father and go across the countryside visiting families and uh, doing hog fatherly things in order to make sure that they still believe in the hog father. Yes. Um, so we get a lot of nice little scenes that are all very humorous or very touching <laughs> in which he tries to understand Christmas and practices his ho, 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 ho. ho. <laughs> yes. He, he does it like a really <laughs> obvious, like he, he leaves sooty footprints places on purpose and like drinks the sherry and eats the pork pies and all of that. And just makes it super obvious, which is like, I didn't think I didn't question this until now, but like they leave out pork pies for a being who like takes the shape of a mm, yes, it's pretty messed up. And yep. expect him to eat them, yes. <laughs> and in and in one incarnation is a pig. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he was just a pig at one point. <laughs> like so, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Enjoy your cannibalism, Santa. And if nothing else, he like drives around in a sleigh pulled by pigs. So like it would kind of be like if we left Santa like reindeer meat. <laughs> Reindeer pie, which mm. like that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Death is doing this. His second part of the plan is to kind of reverse psychology Susan into getting involved in all this and going <laughs> off on the journey that Susan goes on. Um, which he does by showing up to the house of the children that she is the nanny for, governess. the governess for. Sorry, my bad. And acting like a little bit off. So she's like, oh, crap, got to put grandpa in a home now, essentially is her reaction. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> because she's if he like, stops how do you... death, then she has to become death. Yeah, so except he, she's also very much like, I don't really know how you would do that to the personification of death. Um, but that is her concern, that he's like going off his rocker and that she's going to have to deal with it. Um so she gets dragged into this. She goes to the Hogfather's castle? Mm-hmm, the Castle of Bones or something. Yeah, and finds Bilius, who is the recently brought into existence god of hangovers. Um, <laughs> and he is a mess. As you can imagine. And she takes him to the... Unseen... Wizard University. university. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me let me amaze you with yep, all my one. nerdy disc world uh, trivia. <laughs> actually, it's called the unseen. Well, actually, I think you'll find it's called the Unseen University. And the Wizard University <laughs> is not a feature in Terry Pratchett's disc world. <laughs> so they go there in order to find a cure for his hangovers, mm-hmm. so that he can like explain to her what's going on. There's a bunch of. Back and forth. Mm. I will. I will straight up say the stuff with the wizards was my least favorite part of the book, just because I, it felt very much like I should understand who all these characters were and like what their foibles were, but like I also didn't care because they were all basically the same character. Yeah, they did get a little bit muddled. I will say, um, and I think like the only reason it couldn't have all been one character is because they do have like their own storylines where they are fleshed out a little bit. Yeah. More, but and not I mean, like, much like they're all pretty much like, right. 
the same. Except for Ponder. And it was, like, humorous mm-hmm. at times, but also, like, a lot of times I felt like there was a part of the joke I was missing because I couldn't keep straight who mm. the wizards were making fun of. But that is where my sick burn <laughs> came in. So let me let me pull that up because that's my one note. Excellent. Yeah, they, they're, like, kind of the uh, three stooges of the Discworld. Yeah, except there was, like possibly 20 of them but also maybe only two i couldn't tell you (laughs) and it didn't help that they did that fantasy thing where they refer to everyone by titles yes but then i was like wait are they using names sometimes yes they are but also sometimes titles and i did not pay enough Mm. again this is not a knock on terry pratchett this is a knock on me because i'm a big dumb 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 but sometimes i skim and i don't think i should have done that ever (laughs) in this book because like something would happen that seemed and then like two paragraphs later they'd be like referencing it but like i didn't know what was happening so there was a lot of like me being like yeah i don't know what the fuck is going on right now but But i'm loving it but sure uh (laughs) got it i got it yeah it's uh they're talking about so they find out that the they like figure out essentially that there's an excess of belief because people can only believe in so many things at once. Mm-hmm. And now something, they don't know what, but it's the Hogfather being down and out for the count, has caused there to be like belief space, I guess, freed up in people's minds. So because of that, the kind of like joking things they say about like, oh, what if there was a creature that was stealing socks from the washing machine are like being pulled into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point they say, they make a joke about the hair loss fairy and they say, no sense in being bashful about going bald said red Collie evenly. Anyway, you know what they say about bald men, Dean? Yes. They say, look at him. He's got no hair said the lecturer in recent runes. The Dean had been annoying him lately, <laughs> which I highlighted. That was the only thing in this book that I thought was worth highlighting to say, LOL, sick burn. (laughs) It was a good, it was a good one. I'm going to need some ice for that wicked burn. (laughs) So they figure out that that's what's going on with the, um, the, the whole situation that there's this excess, this excess of belief. And they go oh shit susan and bilius go to no first no wait (laughs) no okay (laughs) i got it so they fake nope i don't um susan and bilius yeah violet they figure out the violet thing somehow how do they come to violet um it's something about teeth yes they figure out the teeth thing how do they find the teeth they go there's the raven and they're oh they go to beers they go to um talk to igor right and mm-hmm, igor points yeah. them to violet well, they go they go no 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 they go to beers to talk to igor because they're trying to find violet's home address mm-hmm. but they already know that they need to find violet and that she would be at beers but they don't because didn't one of them have the like a pocket teeth? full of is teeth? It just teeth he had a pocket is full it of teeth? teeth is it maybe is teeth? It teeth pocket teeth? i got a pocket got a pocket full of teeth <laughs> I took his teeth. So, <laughs> so, yeah, sure, we're gonna go with that. So, one of the at some point, there's a pocket full of teeth, <laughs> and they figure out Tooth Fairy from yeah, this. Right. So, Violet is one of the girls who works for the Tooth Fairy in essentially a multi-level marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
she has to go like deliver the teeth and get the money and like there's like a charge for the use of her ladder and this and that and it's all a very clever commentary on like Maybelline or not Maybelline on Mary Kay Uh, (laughs) Maybelline's fine yeah Maybelline's fine no shade to Maybelline (laughs) Mary Kay though and their pink Um, Cadillacs pink Cadillacs and their I don't know anything else about Mary Kay it's all unique scissor hands (laughs) or is that Avon I don't know anyway uh, maybe same difference. Um, ding dong, that's something, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a doorbell. One of them has a slogan that's like ding dong. I think it's Avon. I think I'm thinking Avon. Ding dong, Avon <laughs> like, here. Ding dong, Would Avon. you like some makeup? <laughs> Avon, come 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 at us for your next <laughs> advertising campaign. We got you. Ding dong, no. it's Avon. No, 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 no. We do not support MLMs. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, Ding dong. So, stop it. <laughs> Ding, <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> so, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. Pocket full of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong, pocket full of teeth. <laughs> this is quickly that devolving. Was that was nothing. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> I'm crying. Um, so they find Violet, who is the Avon lady for pocket full of teeth, and she is no they don't find her they go to her house and they find a list of names of the people who lost their teeth and she's supposed to go give them money and one of them is in like the murder house at murderville and they're like that's not a place for a child because it's banjo (laughs) because earlier Teatime punched him in the fucking face to get his tooth yes which i did not understand for the longest time that that was what that Uh. whole bit was about uh. <laughs> yeah, I think I didn't get it until the end where where he started cleaning all the teeth up. And I was like, oh. Where he's like, hey, remember that time I yeah. punched that guy? For Here's tooth? why. <laughs> Here's why. Because of the teeth. Um, I needed a pocket full of them. <laughs> Ding dong. Ding dong. Pocket full of teeth. <laughs> so. I hope this is funny to no one but us. <laughs> We're laughing alone here, but we're having fun. Yes, uh, as long as we're together, we'll never be alone. <laughs> no, gross. I hate it. Ding dong. Okay. Anyway, so, so teeth. They find. <laughs> so they go hunting for Violet. So they find Violet. They find the list. We're past this. We're at the list. They find the banjo address. They go to the banjo address, and then, oh, <laughs> things happen. Um, they do they go to the. They go to the banjo address, and then they go to the library at one point, and they look up, whatever, it doesn't matter, cause and effect, doesn't matter. They go to the library. The wizards go to the library to wait for the Hogfather. No, they go to that library, and Susan goes to the death library. Oh, Multiple she goes libraries. to death library because she says, I can find mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. anywhere. Yes. So she goes and finds out where Violet is, yes. and it's describing this other dimension where they've taken yes. Violet. So they go to there, and it's like a child's painting. How do they figure out how to get there? I can't remember. I skimmed it. 
I can't remember. I just read it. I just read it today. See, the problem with the Terry Pratchett books, and, and it's not a problem because I like it when I'm reading it, but then when I go back and think about it, he writes the scenes like you don't they're question just short not question. They're not broken up in yeah. chapters. Yeah, and so everything is happening at once, and so you'll get, like, two pages from Mm -hmm. Susan's point of view, and then two or three pages from the wizard's point of view, and then we'll go to Tia Tima, and then we'll go back to Susan, and then it's death and, and, um, what's his name? I can't think of his, Albert. Death and Albert, and then it'll be, like, the, a small aside of characters that have never, that we'll not see for the rest of the book, and then we'll come back to, so it's just very chaotic. Yeah. But it's hard to piece together in what order things happened. Yes. But, so, event, they, things happen, whatever, they get to the magical land that's, like, a child's painting, because it's, like, all fucked up, and the tree looks, like, fucking weird, and this was, like, a cool scene, because I was, like, yeah, like, I was, like, this is a good point, like, because essentially he's, like, all, (laughs) like, okay, this is gonna sound like I'm high right now, and I'm not, but... Like, where he's like, oh, yeah, all kids make this same drawing, and isn't that weird? And I was like, yeah, it is fucking weird, Terry Pratchett. You're right. It is weird. It is fucking weird. He was, like, describing shit. I'm like, yeah, I did that. I did that. That is how I drew flowers. I was a... That's still how I draw flowers. That's still how I draw flowers. (laughs) I don't understand horizon lines. (laughs) I'm not good at drawing. I don't know how to draw. (laughs) Have you seen our cover (laughs) art? Terry Pratchett. (laughs) Terry Pratchett, how did you know? <laughs> My cover art is just a house with four windows and a door. You're right, Terry Pratchett. <laughs> My trees are just brown and green lollipops, Terry Pratchett. I don't know. They all have red apples, Terry Pratchett. Because all everyone knows apples are red and they are. Ding dong, bucket full of Ding dong, bucket full of teeth. Fucking hell. Oh. So. This, this episode's a mess, and I'm sorry. This episode is a disaster zone. All right. Merry so. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Hogs Watch. Oh, okay. So they go there, and uh, Teotime and his band of rogues are also there at the same time, but that's not super clear at first. And then when I figured it out, I was, like, again, mind blown, and I was like, oh, no, I'm just really stupid. Um, so mm-hmm. <laughs> they're trying to break into this safe and then downstairs, Susan's there with Billy. I think it's just a room. Oh, maybe. I don't know. They're breaking it. Yeah. You right. They're breaking into a you room right. that has seven locks it's a on room. the door. You right. I literally <laughs> just this moment realized that when Susan goes into that room at the end, that's because they broke the locks and she got into that room. I thought there was just a room. That was separate from all of this and also a safe. (laughs) Because I am so dumb. (laughs) So they're trying to get into this room with a bunch of locks. And Teotime is kind of killing people at this point who are useless to him. And then also there's like these childhood spooks that are coming up for these Big bad bad boys like the 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 cupboard that nope the wardrobe that the has one. a face on it that was like what the one guy was scared of when he was a kid and they're all kind of like reverting to acting like children because mm-hmm. they're in a child's painting. Yeah. So Susan also finds that downstairs there's just this big pile of teeth, um, mm. and that they brought them down from the upstairs where they were like all collected and labeled. And, like, kept very safely. And she's like, this is so weird. Like, I don't know why the Tooth Fairy would do this. This doesn't seem to have 
like any purpose. Like I don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. Ding dong, big pile of teeth. Ding ding dong, big old pile of teeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so she. Uh, gets into some confrontations with the bad guys and they get dispatched kind of one by one as, you know, is sort of typical of these sort of romps and eventually uh, comes face to face with Tiatime. And how does she get rid of him? Oh, it's her and uh, Medium Dave and Banjo. And she kind of convinces the other two to help her. But then eventually Dave gets killed in the kerfuffle. Well, not killed. He gets... Mm-hmm. moved elsewhere because kids don't have a concept of death. So he gets taken elsewhere, yeah. but then presumably Ejected dies from the world, presumably dies once he gets there as happens to the other guys. Um, mm-hmm. And then they like push Teotime off a balcony or something. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah. There was, there was like, it, it's a huge tower and they're up at the top and she pushes him off the ledge and he tumbles down to the base of the tower. And he also gets and poops out transported the elsewhere because that's what happens. That's what children thinks happen when you die. So <laughs> Susan goes into the room, not the safe that they were trying to open, and <laughs> finds in there a boogeyman. And we have the boogeyman. We have experienced boogeymen earlier in the book in a wonderful setup to this scene. But he's like, nah, I'm the original one that everyone was really scared of. And then he became the tooth fairy because he liked protecting children, I guess. And also yes. has power over them because of ancient magic that like ties teeth and bones and blood and stuff to the person. So he Yeah, there's like this theme of like old gods getting new jobs once they yeah. become Irrelevant. Yeah, because people weren't scared of him anymore because he used to be, like, really scary because we didn't understand what dark was. And then as... And then we got science. And then we got science and did understand dark. And it's not, you know, dark is just no light, so that's okay. You just put more light. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, we figured that one out. And so he became the Tooth Fairy and had this whole operation. We did so good. Um, So he said, ding dong. Big old teeth. Let there be light. Let there be teeth. And um, then he dies. Ish. But then this is, I am doing so horribly at explaining this book. Go read the fucking book, you troglodytes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just do yourself a favor and read this book. Uh, I'm sorry for calling you troglodytes. I didn't mean it. (laughs) So she did. Ding dong, you're a troglodyte. (laughs) Ding dong. Pocket full of trucks. <laughs> so Susan suggests that Banjo essentially take over as the Tooth Fairy and they leave and all seems to be well. She gets back um, to her... No, her grandfather comes and picks her up and is like, hey, this is my plan the whole time. And she's like, cool, cool, cool. Did Was I maybe going to die, though? And he was like, yeah, no, probably not. It was probably fine. Um, which, you know, good grandparenting. <laughs> And mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. go, he's like, but we still have to save the Hogfather. Um, so there's a scene where they go and it's like something that was described earlier in the book as like one of the ancient traditions of where the Hogfather came from, of like a pig being chased by dogs and shit. 
not and shit, like there's sentient shit. <laughs> Dogs uh, and big piles of dog poo chase the hog father across the plane. Real bad because the piggy and wants push him over a cliff. The piggy wants to play in the dog shit, but does not want the dogs. So she has to go like <laughs> ride the hog father to safety, and then death literally ride him. Yeah, because he is a boar. Yeah, he's he's a piggy at this point. Then death like pops out of a snowman towards the end and is like, fuck you, dogs. And the dogs are actually like the hooded guys. And they're like, oh, fuck you, death. You aren't supposed to interfere. And he's like, but you first. And so he wins. (laughs) And Uh, then they got (laughs) fucked somehow. (laughs) Yeah, like, fuck those guys. And then the hog father dies, but then like undies. And is like, it's fine. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And doesn't say anything and just flies away on his sleigh full of pigs. And it's beautiful and touching. And we all learn about the true <laughs> meaning of Christmas. And also because, like, they were like, the hog father can't die for real because the hog father makes the sunrise. And so, like, not only is he the, like, personification of Christmas, but also he has taken on this job of making the sunrise. Yeah, but then... Possibly. <laughs> but, no, I think that was one of his earlier, like, that was his ancient attribute, was that it was part of oh. the sunrise ceremony thing. Um, I see. I, I yeah, flip and that then, in my head. That makes more and sense. And Susan is like, hey, no, but the sun would have still risen. And Death is like, nah, nah, nah. And she's like, yes, it would have. And he's like, no, for real, no. And she's like, well, what would have happened then? And he's like, well, a big old ball of gas would have risen and it wouldn't be the sun, essentially. So, like, he's the, – the point is essentially – and this isn't funny. Sorry, this is a comedy podcast. This isn't funny, though. This is just very serious and touching. Um <laughs> That, like, things can still happen in, like, the scientific sense, but it wouldn't have had the same meaning that we as humans give it. So Mm -hmm. in the sense of, like, would the world still keep spinning if the Hogfather had died? Yes. But in the sense of, like, would it have a purpose? Like, would it have the same meaning? Would it still be as beautiful and touching and wonderful? Like, no. So... Like, again, mm-hmm. my dumb ass is over here tearing up on my fucking couch four hours before this recording because <laughs> of this stupid goddamn book. <laughs> so then Susan goes back to her, her charges, and there's one final confrontation with Taya Timé, and everything turns out okay. And then there's a lot of montages of happy Christmas time. Uh, ho- sorry, happy Hogwatch times for everyone. It was yes. Great. It was great. Y'all should read the it. The end. The end. So, yeah, what what uh, what was your silver lining for this book? Oh, my silver lining. Um, well, I loved it. I love this experience. This wasn't even, like, homework for me. This was just a fun time. Um, no, my, my silver lining, though, well, I was kind of thinking of, like, maybe I should do the opposite because we mm, all knew sure, I was sure. going to go into this yeah. liking it. So I think um, my unsilvered lining... Was mm. there was there is a scene in the book that was like kind of your questionable. golden interior, yes, or no? What's what's we're, your what's copper interior? Copper, I guess it's lower on the. the it's still good though. What's a garbage metal? Mercury because uh, it's like it's like not even solid. I don't know. Tweet at us. Let us know what's the most garbage know. metal. What's the opposite of a silver lining? What, yeah. Um. So. I guess, like, we're going to go with, just for us filler, like, if you took the flood fill tool on paint, but filled it with poop. That's what this is, not a silver lining. Yeah. There is, like, one scene in the book where um, they, so one of the gods that gets 
created is uh, Miss oh, Cheerful. I know. I, wait, no, I don't know. Actually, go ahead. I thought you were going to say something else entirely. Go ahead. <laughs> one of the one of the gods that's created is Miss Cheerful, and I guess as children in Discworld, they were told that you have to, you know, Miss Cheerful will come and make you go play outside and be good kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she is incarnated um, and wants to play games with the wizards and makes them like go do hide and seek and draw and juggle and whatever. Anyway, one of the wizards, because there are no women, as we've talked about, there's no women in the, in Unseen Academy. They've sent all of the maids home. So it's just a bunch of old men in a castle. One of them like ends up alone with Miss Cheerful and like is kind of like feeding her wine and telling her it's not alcoholic and then is like going. It's a it's a baby. It's cold outside situation. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, and so that kind of like made me go ooh rereading this book and it wasn't like it didn't ruin the whole thing for me, but it definitely took me out of it and I was like ugh yuck this was this was bad. Well, but I would say I think that the end. Because in the montage of happy Christmas scenes, what ends up with him is that she disappears and he doesn't yes. get to fuck her. So, like, <laughs> I just think she we're supposed... I, I think we're... I mean, like, she no longer exists, which, you know, but he doesn't get to, you know, finish his creepy ministrations. Yeah. So maybe, like, we're supposed to read that as... Like, I don't, I don't think... I don't think Terry Pratchett was condoning his actions. No, no, no. Um, I think though, but like having it as a it joke, was a it's little. Just like I'm kind of tired about joking about that. Yeah, cause... and that was actually what I thought you were gonna say mm-hmm. was the joke where um, Billius is, hops up behind Susan on the horse or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, grab on! Oh, but not there! You need to grab my waist!" Oh, like, and it's that like, "Oh, too. he grabbed her boobies, didn't he? Because he doesn't know better. Because mm-hmm. he was just made today. He's just one day old. He's just a little baby." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that again, I was like, "Oh." Sexual assault joke, but again, at the same time, it wasn't like Susan was super creeped out by it because she obviously no, yeah, she wasn't. She was just yeah. So you know, it's it's all good. The women are fine and or disappeared forever and no longer exist. So there's no real victims here. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what was your silver lining? Oh, it was, it was a good fucking book, man. Yay! <laughs> whole thing, whole thing. So, okay, silver lining. So what, uh, which character do you relate to the most? And this I had a little bit of trouble with because as I kind of said, with the, mm. it was like really prevalent with the wizards. There is to some level a sort of um, caricature-ness, caricature-ity, caricature-tism. Yes. To caricature- charcuterie board. Yeah, there's a certain charcuterie <laughs> board to these characters <laughs> where they uh, are very like, drawn on stereotypes of the high fantasy yes. thing. So like they do mm-hmm. kind of, there's not, I'm not, I, that's not necessarily a bad thing. We've talked about this before. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I don't think it's a bad thing here, but it is a little bit harder to like really be like, yeah, I see myself in this fully fleshed out character. Cause they're not necessarily that except maybe like Susan and death, but I didn't particularly relate to either of those. I think that mine was, <laughs> I think mine was bloody stupid Johnson because everything I touch turns to (laughs) poo poo. (laughs) He is, he's a inventor in the book and everything he makes turns out to be kind of like a disaster, but in a, like a mechanized weapon sort of way. Mm. (laughs) 
so um, his invention that he, because he shows up throughout the series, Bloody Stupid Johnson's Inventions. But the one in the book that is most prominent is this bathroom that he's invented um, that seems like the perfect bathroom, except that there are some modifications that make it quite painful. Yeah. So that's me. <laughs> I think um, I said probably not Death or Susan. I think probably, and I can't remember the name right now. What's the name of the, the guy who designs the computer? Hex. Ponder Stibbins. Yeah, him. I think he was probably the closest to it because he just kind of like seemed Ponder. like he's just kind of like uh, he was kind of the straight man in all the 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 mad capery. I think mm-hmm. um, where he's just trying to get by, man. He's just trying to get by and do his little thing that he cares about, and everybody keeps drawing him into like all this other bull crap, and he just wants to play with his computer and like same man. I just want to play <laughs> with my computer. <laughs> Um, oh, also Hex, because, like, Hex was a smartass, and I appreciate that on a spiritual level. Yes. And then I liked when he started to believe in, in the Hogfather and Hogwatch, and he wrote out a Christmas list. I want to know what was mm. on his, or Hogswatch list. I want to know what was on his list. Well, it was a teddy, teddy bear, bear, wasn't it? Oh, beside the teddy bear. It was a very long yeah, yeah, list, yeah. I think. Probably said, a lot of teddy bears. Anyway. Just a lot of them. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> what book, uh, I guess not really rather be reading, but what will you mm. read after this? Or what has this inspired you to read? Or what has this uh, reminded you of that you might suggest to our listeners? Well, obviously, the rest of the Discworld series. Um, okay, fair. I have a really, yeah, I have a really huge urge to go back and reread them now. Um, particularly my favorite um storylines in Discworld are the Night Watch, which we saw a little bit with Corporal Nobby Nobs and, um, mm. oh, his name is escaping me, but the religious guy. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what his name is now. It starts with a V or something. But, um, the, I, I, I don't know. I really like the Night Watch stories the best. So, um, if you're reading this and you aren't familiar with Discworld series, I would, um, recommend you pick up Guards Guards, which is, um, I think it might be the first book involving the Night Watch, but it has to do with dragons and that have come to take roost in Ankh-Morpork Pork and is very good. And you'll get to meet Commander Samuel Vimes, and he's one of the big names in the in the series. It's very good. How about you? Um, Any Christmas I mean, books or anything? Well, no, no, I'm not a big Christmas book. Well, I don't know if I've mentioned either of these authors, but these were the two that I kind of kept thinking. Well, three, if you count Neil Gaiman, because that was, like, obviously Mm -hmm. American Gods was one that I was thinking of a lot when I was reading this book. Um, But Mm -hmm. um, kind of in the same vein as this, where it is, like, that sort of, like, really immersive fantasy world, but also very humorous, I was thinking either uh, Christopher Moore, who I think I've talked about on this podcast before, um, Mm -hmm. but he's got a couple Christmas-themed books, uh, and then also Jasper... Or the death-themed one. Or the death-themed one, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Jasper Ford, um, who wrote yes, the Thursday Next series and The Last Dragon Slayer and Shades of Grey, which is not the Shades of Grey that we read on this podcast or the Shades of Grey that is the famous one, um, but a different one. And those are all very good, so... <laughs> and which is, like, super needs a sequel. Can we just talk, like, think- real talk for a second here? I'm going to use my tiny podcast audience to pressure Jasper Ford into writing the sequel to Shades of Grey because Doesn't I really it exist? It I don't think so. I thought it did. I'm Googling. Yeah, because it's a series. Yeah, it's a series, but there's no sequel. What? What are you doing, Jasper? And, like, for the record... Jasper Ford, the first book came out in 2009. Um, he's got two, 
this is weird. Goodreads has a second book listed as untitled and then a third book with the title of Gordini Protocols. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It seems that he kind of stalled out on that one. But yeah. Uh, so if anybody wants to like pressure Jasper Ford into writing this book, because um, that's the best way to get a book done, as we all know from seeing yes. Martin struggle through, you know, the next fucking Game of Thrones or Look. Patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these guys. That's that's what we need is to just keep yelling at these authors until they give us what they what we want. <laughs> what we deserve. What we deserve as readers. <laughs> no, in case this is clear, I, I feel like this is a good time to mention this. In case it's not clear, never, ever, 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 ever at an author about this podcast, please. Because even if we don't like the author, like they do not deserve... Like, no matter how shitty they, they are. They don't need to I know say, we exist. Even Beatrice Sparks, dead Beatrice Sparks, who I think is a terrible person, like, on a spiritual level. I think that the books that she wrote are bad and, like, had bad consequences. Um, like, don't... Mm-hmm. And, and she's dead, so also, like, it wouldn't hurt her to find out. But if for some reason you get, like, a Ouija board out and are trying to contact Beatrice Sparks, please do not tell her about this podcast because, like, please that's just don't. rude. Like, don't... Don't link authors to negative reviews of their work. Um, we're not saying this because we're like chicken shit. Like, honestly, if an author comes across this organically and is like, hey, I think what you said is really unfair, like, you can come on the podcast and talk to us, or you can like just shoot us an email and we will happily, you know, talk to you about if you, I don't know, like, why you would bother doing that, but you can do it. Um, but yeah, if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, this is really funny that you hate this book, I'm going to tell the author you hate that. That's mean to the author. Don't do that. So yeah, don't actually bother Jasper Ford, please, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> We're saying it as a joke. We're saying it as a joke. Don't really do it. I think that that's important to like kind of delineate yeah, please, in like, these times. Never take any orders from us, seriously. Yeah, unless never. It's too late. Our right. podcast. With that's five the star only one we actually want you to do. <laughs> <laughs> On that bummer of a Thank note, <laughs> that wraps it up for this fortnight. So okay, so you yeah. know, like. It's Christmas time, and I know this was, like, a really, like, this ended up being a really fun read, and it's technically my turn to do a challenge, but, like, I don't really want to, I don't really want to do something too terrible. Wait, what's that in the distance? Ho, 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 bitches! (gasps) That's right, it's me, Santa Claus, and I've been checking my list, and it seems you two have been decidedly naughty! Mocking these poor, hard-working authors, you've earned yourselves an entire sack full of coal. Unfortunately, the coal industry isn't quite as robust as it used to be, so I've had to come up with some alternatives. And I've got a very special present for you two. Go ahead, reach into those stockings. Santa, how could you? Santa, I trusted you. I trusted you with the Christmas spirit, and look what you've done. You've made it into Christmas shoes! That's right! I'm challenging both of you to read the novelization of the worst Christmas song of all time. It's The Christmas Shoes by Donna Valeri, because nothing says Christmas like cancer. Santa, you fucking dick! You've brought this on yourselves. Now, if you'll excuse me, it's been a real banner year for naughtiness and I've got several more punishments to dish out. If I want to be done before February, Santa, away! (laughs) 
pocket full of shoes. No, ding dong, not the Christmas shoes. All right, so I guess we have that to look forward to next fortnight. Um, Before we wrap things up entirely, Mm -hmm. uh, we have something to announce, Yes, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We also had a piece of listener mail this week, this fortnight. We also had a piece of listener mail this fortnight sent to us from someone who would choose to go by the nomaker, the nomaker? The name, True Nerd. Hey, Hate Readcast. I really enjoyed listening to your latest episode on Ready Player One. I was struck by how bad the writing was from some of the quotes. I really questioned Mr. Klein's nerd cred after hearing one of his metaphors for masturbation, knocking a few protons off the old hydrogen atom. First, this is the worst analogy for self-pleasure I have ever read. Second, a hydrogen atom is just one proton, so knocking a few protons off a hydrogen atom is impossible. Sincerely, True Nerd. Thank you, True Nerd, for the nerdy email. Much appreciated. And also, like, while we're recording, I just want to mention, um, since we this podcast episode was already all over the place, did you see how, like, Tumbr- <laughs> Tumblr is, like, not... Yeah! Okay. Yeah, Tumblr's no dicks now, y'all. Yes! No dicks on Tumblr. So where am I going to go for all of my and naughty Santa only- Claus porn? only female presenting nipples so weird so or no female presenting nipples yes unless it has to do with breastfeeding Uh which yeah or top surgery which that's nice i guess but also like i don't know whatever just free the nip whatevs um yeah but like isn't like all of tumblr and and maybe this is like very tangentially tangentially related to the podcast since we like to look Mm -hmm. at the fan fiction Mm -hmm. so often for the rewind episodes um isn't that like half of what Tumblr does? Is they like well, make see, the naughty stuff? Here's the thing: pass? I haven't been on Tumblr in a long time because I used to run a fairly prominent crazy ex girlfriend GIF blog um, on Tumblr, and then I accidentally locked myself out of my account and can never get back <laughs> on. So I've been real salty about that for like over a year, and like have just refused to even touch Tumblr. So I don't really know what's going on with Tumblr, but yes, I do feel like that's going to really limit like the number of people on Tumblr because them Tumblrinos, they horny. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand whose idea this was. Yahoo? Um, Isn't that who owns Tumblr now? Yahoo? Yeah, that seems like the sort of, that, that's, that tracks. Mm-hmm. That actually tracks. That makes a lot of sense. Anyway, anyway, this is nothing. This has nothing to do with anything. I know. I just wanted to mention it on air because I'm almost yeah, sad sure. about we it. Wanted to get, we, wanted to make sure, we wanted to make sure that all of you who are listening to this episode hear this breaking news that you're going to hear in a week. So you've definitely <laughs> heard it from somewhere you else. You heard it point. here first, folks. You heard it here 18th <laughs> after all of the people on Twitter and probably Instagram. Mm-hmm. Maybe your grandmother on Facebook. I don't know. Or Might your grandmother on Tumblr. I don't judge, man. Yeah, maybe. she. Maybe she's really upset. Um, trying <laughs> to share all those pictures of your granddad's wing-wang, you know. Ooh, uh, yeah. That it, that's the uh, fuck yeah vintage wing-wang Tumblr. They're, they're really going to take a hit from this. <laughs> okay, so exciting announcement for those of you who da, have da, da, da. held on through this discussion of Tumblr wing-wangs. Um... Starting November, nope, that's last month, December, (laughs) 
<laughs> December 25th, which is also That's literally known as Christmas. Christmas Day. Like, shut up, shut up, you, shut up. You could have just said Christmas up. Day. I fucked it up so bad. You know so. what? You're, we're going to have to keep everything in because this episode is like, this like this episode's short, so it's fine. <laughs> Y'all it's are fine. getting this fresh, uncut episode. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't said uncut right after that discussion of wing wings. Oh. It took my mind to an uncomfortable place. Yeah. Mm. I'm not happy. Okay, so December 25th, also known as Christmas. Um, we are going to be launching a new weekly podcast. Beer, 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 beer. Oh, yes. So if you listened to this and thought, man, I really like these two talking about Christmassy things, <laughs> get buckled up because <laughs> we are launching a new podcast called 12 Months of Christmas, <laughs> in which we, as scientific Christmas rom-com experts, will be trying to definitively decide what the best Christmas rom-com is. We will mm. be covering everything from Netflix to Hallmark to Lifetime and maybe even some actual movies from actual movie studios thrown in, like Love Actually. I totally forgot those um, existed. Like, I was, like, Googling, Yeah, they like, do. There are Christmas actual... Christmas rom-coms. I was like, oh, there's movies. hmm There's movies. There's real ones. Yeah, they went to there's theaters. There's real ones. They, people, people paid for them, specifically. Uh, <laughs> There's one with Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So we're going to get into all of that, and we're going to be trying to de- decide, uh, using scientific principles, what, which, if you have listened to us, you know we don't have those. They're the most um, scientific of principles. The most scientific of principles. We'll be trying to figure out what the best Christmas rom-com of all time is. Um, and mm-hmm. that is, again, launching December 25th. We will get it on iTunes as soon as we possibly can. Um, we're and it's also called 12 Months of Christmas. should be on all the other little... Yes, 12 Months of Christmas. Um, until it is, we, we'll announce on here we try we'll try not to talk about it all the time because i know that's annoying if you don't want to listen to it but um we will announce on here when it is officially like kind of out and about on itunes and stuff like that um but if you do want to follow it specifically we do have a twitter for it it is uh at 12 months on twitter um or at 12 months podcast on twitter if you want to tweet at us about the shittiest of metals um you can do so by tweeting at hate readcast on twitter or emailing us, uh, hatebecast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. Um, also, if you are listening to us and have not yet subscribed, uh, you should on whatever app you use for your podcast aggregation. And if it is iTunes, you should definitely leave us a five-star review. We definitely earned it this fortnight, I think. <laughs> Ding dong five stars. Ding dong five star review service. <laughs> oh gosh, is there anything else we need to say or can we in um, the words of? In the words of. I don't have an in the words of, but I could pick I one. don't have an in the words of either. In the words of me right now, go read this book. That's it. That's it. I'm not there's no jokes. We're done with jokes. Everything's over. This is done. <laughs> this is done. Hold on. It uh it uh, um in the words of Terry Pratchett. Real children do not go hoppity skip unless they are on drugs. <laughs> um, I just realized. 
sorry, this is like, this is probably, gonna, this should be cut from the episode, but you might want to cut the spoiler I said earlier for the book Men at Arms because I think I gave away what the joke was. <laughs> I mean, but here's the I thing think- though. I don't know what the spoiler is because I haven't read Men at Arms, so I don't know which part of that was a spoiler. The whole thing. Just like cut it. Because I said that <laughs> they, they are d- discriminating her because she's a woman, but then it's not because she's a woman. That's the joke. All right. I mean, she's a woman. This episode is already ah. this episode is already gonna be real low on content, Anna. <laughs> well, you could just cut the part where I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just bleep it out. Yeah, there you go. I'm pretty sure that's the spoiler. Well, because again, I read the books out of order, and so like I already knew from the books I read, and then I went back and sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I just don't want to ruin anyone's experience. 